0: Fasting is great for the everydays, and fasting is great for the holidays. In fact, fasting over the holidays can sometimes be an easier way to mature in your fasting because it's already planned out for you. You don't have to work so hard to remember. But how does fasting make sense during a time of celebration and feasting? Are Christians expected to avoid all the special meals and tasty treats? Thankfully, fasting can sharpen our enjoyment of the holidays as it focuses our attention on what matters most, God and His glory. The one true God of the universe has existed since eternity past in ultimate perfection. He spoke the cosmos into existence for His soul, honor, and glory. He moved heaven and earth to redeem mankind even though we have nothing to offer Him. And He's given us everything we need for life and godliness in His Word. He deserves our worship. He deserves our adoration. He deserves our praise. I'm your host, A.M. Brewster, and this is the Celebration of God. Welcome back to the year-long Celebration of God's look into the nature and importance of fasting in the life of a believer. But since this is part three of that discussion, I want to encourage you to listen to parts one and two, where we step through what the Bible really has to say about the subject, including whether or not modern Christians should fast as part of their worship of God, as well as the various reasons, good and bad, to fast. On our last show, we discussed how to make biblical fasting part of your everydays, and today we're going to talk about how to make fasting part of your holidays. And be sure to check out today's episode notes, transcript, and fasting resources at celebrationofgod.com. On part one, we established that though nowhere in the scriptures are modern Christians commanded to fast, the clear assumption was that God's people would be fasting. On part two, we surveyed the various examples of fasting in the Bible and realized that a truly biblical fast is one where God is the ultimate focus. We're to set aside our eating in order to intentionally focus on the Lord, primarily through prayer and Bible reading. And the kind of fast will primarily be determined by the spiritual needs of the moment and that's where we outline tense, great spiritual reasons to fast that all give God the glory. So let's start by reviewing. Number one, the spiritual reasons for holiday fasting. Fast to strengthen prayer. Seek God's guidance. Seek deliverance or protection. Express grief. Express repentance. Humble ourselves before God. Express concern for the work of God. Minister to the needs of others. Fight temptation and strengthen the spiritual disciplines. And celebrate God. Now, when it comes to fasting during the holidays, many of these reasons may apply, but some won't. For example, there is no specific holiday where fasting, as we seek deliverance or protection, naturally fits. That's not to say that it couldn't be part of your fast, but it's just not an obvious connection that would apply to all of God's people at the same time. I'll explain more in a moment. Number two, the kinds of holiday fasts. Just like last time, we have a choice between normal fasts and partial fasts, and the choice will be yours. You'll need to determine the most Christ-honoring fast for the holiday, your health, and your spiritual needs. However, unlike the personal fasts that will most often be private, these holiday fasts are intended to be enjoyed by all of God's people, which makes most of them a congregational fast. This means that, Lord willing, there will be many, many other Christians joining you in this fast, whether you know it or not. Though within the sphere of your life and the people you know, I would encourage you to invite your fellow disciples to fast with you during the holidays, which would mean that, hopefully, The majority of your holiday fasts will be at least small group fasts. But of course there's no requirement, and you are more than welcome to enjoy any of these holiday fasts by yourself. At the same time, there are likely many other brothers and sisters in Christ fasting right along with you in other parts of the world, and I find that this reality is very encouraging. When it comes to the length of the fast, some will be very short and others will be very long. We'll look at the specific differences momentarily. And since we're talking about annual holidays, these fasts definitely fall under the regular fast category. Okay, that was mostly review, so let's consider number three, the holiday fasts in the year-long celebration of God. Since the year-long celebration of God starts in September, we're going to begin at the beginning of the celebratory year and consider all of the holidays and potential fasts in chronological order. Now, with the exception of Advent and Lent, most of these holidays don't traditionally include a fast, but I want to talk through each of the holidays and consider the pros and cons of fasting in conjunction with that holiday. By the way, as we talk through how to worship God through our fasting, you may encounter a holiday you've never heard of before, or you may wonder how to celebrate God on a certain holiday. If that's the case, I recommend you visit celebrationofgod.com to learn more about how to deepen your worship of the Lord by utilizing our holidays. You can also click on the links in the description of today's episode for easy access. Okay, the first season of the year, long celebration of God, is the season of mercy, and the first holiday is Creation Week. Since that's a holiday that was created by us, I can say that with all certainty, it wasn't intended to include a fast when we created it, therefore it would obviously be appropriate to partake in Christ-honoring feasting and no fasting. We'll call this a potential no-fast holiday. But there's another option we've often talked often about the importance of preparing for the holidays. We need to prepare our spirits, our fellow disciples, and our spaces. What better way is there to prepare our hearts for the upcoming holiday than to dedicate time to prayer, fasting, and Bible reading? This kind of a preparatory fast may be a fantastic option for nearly all of the holidays. But you could also take the week-long celebration of God's work of creation and come up with your own fast. For example, and please understand that I'm making these up in an attempt to spark your imagination, you could choose to fast on Sunday and Monday, because during those days of creation, there was no food on the earth. Therefore, you could then start eating again on day three in celebration of his creating plants, but perhaps you could only do a partial fast, continuing to eat only fruits, vegetables, and grains until day six when God created animals. Again, that's just an example of how you could personalize your fasting during the holidays. Of course, the bigger question needs to be which of the ten spiritual reasons for fasting may apply the best to Creation Week. It doesn't matter how imaginative and cool your idea for fasting might be. If it's all about how cool you are, God is not pleased. We need to have a Godward focus. The obvious choice is you could do a preparatory fast or a holiday fast directed solely at celebrating God, His power, and the gift of creation, and all the other facets of our Creation Week celebration. But in the light of his power and majesty, that may prompt you to have a fast focused on humility. Again, my desire isn't to decree a specific liturgy, but to get your creative juices flowing for how you can deepen and mature your worship of God. The next holiday is Labor Day. This is one of the minor holidays, but this one often happens in connection with Creation Week, so this wouldn't necessarily be a holiday with which a fast would make the most natural sense. Now, I'm going to lump together all of the family days, like Grandparents' Day, Children's Day, Family Day, and Mothers' and Fathers' Day. In general, those are days that we celebrate God's gift of those family members. However, it may may make a lot more sense for you to fast on Father's Day if your father is unsaved or living in unrepentant sin. In a similar way, a childless couple may choose to fast on Children's Day as a fast of petition, if they are childless, or out of grief on what would have been a child's birthday, etc., We may fast on Grandparents' Day if we have a grandparent who is in poor health and we're beseeching the Lord for protection. Moving on, the Day of Atonement is a wonderful day to fast as part of the observance. The Day of Atonement is the season of mercy's solemnity as we observe the fall of man. A fast of grief, repentance, and to strengthen the spiritual disciplines would be very appropriate on that day. Then we have Halloween, another minor holiday, but one on which fasting would be very appropriate. Those of us who observe Halloween and the year-long celebration of God celebrate God's promised grace in light of the consequences of sin. A fast on this day would be very similar to a fast on the Day of Atonement. Next comes Veterans Day, a minor holiday where we celebrate sacrifice, starting first with Christ's sacrifice and extending to those who have given their lives and livelihoods for our liberties. A fast of celebration and gratitude would be extremely appropriate in this case. Again, none of us have to do any of these fasts. And I've definitely personally never done all of the ones I'm going to suggest. The point is simply to start recognizing how we can utilize biblical fasting along with our holidays in order to make them more God-focused and exalting. And speaking of gratitude, I would recommend that the best kind of fast for Thanksgiving would be a preparatory fast. I believe that feasting to God's glory is just as valuable as fasting to His glory. And since Thanksgiving is traditionally a feasting celebration where we celebrate His bounty and His blessing, A preparatory fast before Thanksgiving can help to strengthen our focus on God as we prepare our hearts to give Him the preeminence that He's due. And then we move into the season of grace. The first major holiday in the season of grace is Advent. Now, most people do not think of Advent as a time of fasting, but many traditions have viewed Advent as a little Lent. It was Bernard of Clairvaux who said, Steep yourselves in the meaning of these Advent days, and above all, pay heed to Him who is approaching. Think whence he comes and whether it is he advances. Consider his purpose in coming, the ripeness of the times, the route he may choose for his approach. The universal church would not celebrate this Advent time with such solemnity of devotion did it not contain with it some great mystery. Just like Lent is a season of preparation looking forward to Easter, Advent is a season of preparation looking forward to Christmas. It's a wonderful time to search our hearts, deal with unconfessed sin, and meditate on Christ's first and second Advents which means that when the 12 days of Christmas arrive, there's no more reason to fast and plenty of reasons to feast God's goodness. The next minor holiday on the list is Valentine's. Again, it's a minor holiday that quickly comes and goes, but any time to fast to God's glory is a good one. You could have a celebratory fast in love and adoration for the God of love, or you could do a preparatory fast meditating on the truths of love as you get ready to celebrate it. And then comes the season of life. The first holiday in the season is Lent, which, as we already mentioned, is a preparation for Easter. Most people recognize Lent as a season of fasting or quote-unquote giving things up. I encourage you to listen to our podcast episodes about Lent in order to better appreciate the purpose and intricacies of Lent as well as the observations that occurred during that, that Passion Week. I will say that Lent presents a wonderful opportunity to take parts of our fasts and use it to minister to the needs of others. Again, we're skipping over the family days, like Mother's Day that we mentioned earlier on in our list, and that takes us to Ascension. By this time, if you've participated in any kind of penitential fast during Lent, I believe you'll be in a really good spiritual place. However, since there are six weeks between Easter and Ascension, a preparatory fast might be a great idea. It could be a day or just a meal, but any intentional substitution of physical sustenance for spiritual sustenance is always a great idea. Jesus himself is the bread of life. Ascension is a celebration of Christ's completed work on this earth and the inauguration of the new covenant. By all means, enjoy the bread of life in preparation for ascension. And then about a week later comes Pentecost, which is a celebration of God's gift of the church. That too could be accompanied by a preparatory or celebratory fast, but this would also be a good time for a fast that expresses concern for the work of God in this world, as well as ministering to others as the body of Christ. And then comes the final season, the season of power. The next minor holiday is Independence Day, which we use as a celebration of the freedom that comes through Christ. So in that way, it's very similar to Veterans Day, Valentine's Day, and the like. And then comes Scripture Day. Fasting on Scripture Day could be wonderful as we reflect on the fact that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Scripture Day is a wonderful opportunity to dedicate extra time to communing with God in prayer and Bible study. And then comes the consummation. The consummation is the biggest anticipation of the year and would therefore be a good time to not fast as we look forward to the future marriage supper of the Lamb. However, I could get on board with a preparatory fast or an occasional fast in reflection of the fact that we're living in the already as as we wait for the not yet. And of course, that sets us up perfectly to restart the celebratory year in the season of mercy and with creation week. So whether you're hoping to strengthen your prayer life seek God's guidance, deliverance, or protection, express grief and or repentance, humble yourself, express concern for the work of God, minister to the needs of others by doing that work, fight temptation and strengthen the spiritual disciplines, or simply celebrate God himself. The holidays provide many opportunities to participate in a regular congregational fast of God's people. And, I think now is a good time to point out that the Christian fasts are so much more beautiful than the Jewish fasts in the Old Testament. What distinguishes Judaism from Christianity is that the longed-for kingdom of God is now present as well as future. The King, Jesus Christ, has come. Jewish and Christian fasting both look forward to a future day, but what's different about Christian fasting is that it rests on a finished work of the bridegroom in the past. This makes our fasting so much more celebratory than the ancient Jewish fasting, which was marked by perpetual watching and waiting, yearning. Yes, we watch and wait for his future return, but we look back to his completed work and we celebrate. And all of this leads us to number four, the tools for holiday fasting. Just like I mentioned last time, if you visit celebrationofgod.com, you'll find our fasting resources that now include or will include in the future fasting Bible readings, fasting journals, and fasting guides. This, of course, is a work in progress, but my plan is to include more thoughts on fasting as we look at the individual holidays in the years to come. I hope this has been eye-opening for you. I hope your imagination is going because you're realizing that there are brand new ways for you to celebrate God during the holidays. And if you're the kind of person who benefits from someone else's planning, I pray that our ideas can be the foundation of your spiritual growth as you learn to better worship God by giving him the preeminence in your life. Please share the series with your pastor, family, and friends. Please reach out to counselor at celebrationofgod.com if you have specific questions or need some more ideas. And join us next time as we seek to better know, love, and worship God and help the people in our lives do the same. To that end, we'll be moving into a new season and starting a series on a new character trait of God. So join us as we marvel at God's grace.